Hello, I'm Donovan Kane. Welcome to my podcast, where I read steamy stories for women to you. Why? Well, because sometimes you just want a man to read you a naughty story. This is a Romance Author Spotlight episode featuring Raina Torres and her book, Her Rock, from her Center City First Responders series. I had the opportunity to do a short interview with Raina Torres, learn about her as an author, as well as read a short, steamy excerpt from her book, Her Rock. I hope you enjoy it. I'm here with Raina Torres, and we're going to talk about her book, Her Rock. Is that correct, Raina? Yep. Now, I recorded a, a, uh, a brief excerpt of this, of course, that we're going to hear on the podcast. But first, let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, Raina, you've written many, many, many books, haven't you? A few. <laughs> a few. How how many romance books have you written? Um, I believe I've published over 50 by now. That's a lot. Just, yeah. It, no. <laughs> that's that's a lot. That, that's a lot. And you live in Hawaii. Yes, I'm actually sitting at the beach right now. I'm sitting in my car, of course, because it's raining. But I just thought I'd come down to the beach to kind of relax while we do this <laughs> well everybody in the world feels just terrible for you uh, i know it's you know. it's really tough living in paradise <laughs> it really is i have i have been there and uh yes i don't feel sorry for you a bit uh it's, it's just beautiful there isn't it just absolutely beautiful it really is it's just gorgeous um i i used to work down at pearl harbor and um I used to do educational tours down there and one of the tourists was kind of waiting for her bus and the two of us were standing next to each other and it was raining. And she told me, well, just like, just like it is now. And she said, and she said um, that she's been here for three days and all it's done is rain. And so I asked her, well, why did you come to Hawaii? She said, because it's so lush and green and beautiful. And I said, well, how do you think it stays lush and green and beautiful? And she paused to think for a minute. And then she said, wow, it's a really, nice rain we're having and i'm like yeah there you go See, it's just a, <laughs> there just you go perspective thing. You, you set her straight on that one didn't you yeah if i remember correctly uh it rains a little bit like every day pretty much we have well i don't think we have four seasons we have rainy and more rainy <laughs> <laughs> there you go and you have the the, the big wave season correct that's winter, actually. A lot of people think you come to Hawaii for surfing in the summer, but it's actually the winter time where we get all the big waves. And some of those are just huge, enormous waves. Yeah, and and, and I actually don't swim, so <laughs> I stay far, far away from the water. <laughs> so if, if you were going to go out surfing, you'd have to put four or five life jackets on you and uh, have a, a, I, a, big, a big burly lifeguard right there beside you, right? Well, I... If I had a big burly lifeguard, I'd probably just stay on the beach. <laughs> well, you have a point there. You have a point. <laughs> now, tell us, I, I was, uh, again, I've never met you in person, so I, I only know what I've read. And uh, on, your, on your Amazon author page, I read a little bit, and on your, uh, of course, reinatorres.com, I uh, read a little bit about you. Uh, tell us, I, I see that you started writing when you were just a little girl. Yeah, um, I read a lot because uh, I got teased a lot and it was easier to read than to try to interact with people. 
And when a book would be, you know, uh, when I get to the end of a book, I think to myself, wow, I, I, I don't want to let go of the book yet. And so a lot of times I would sit down and write stories about the characters from the book. And so before I even knew there was a term fan fiction, I think I was writing it way back. Then. There you go. You know, and so it was just a way for me to kind of stay in that world for a little bit. And over the years, um, I actually wrote fan fiction for a television show for over 20 years. Really? And I got, yeah, and I got to know um, uh, a lot of the actors from the show and I got to know the guy who created the show. And we kind of ended up being really close friends. And one day he said, you know, he sat me down and he says, Ray, you need to go and write your own stories and publish them. And I was like, yeah, but I'm so comfortable writing fan fiction. He says, you need to write your own stories and publish them. And so I did. And so it's kind of weird how writing my own story, you know, uh, wrote, uh, my own book started by writing stories about other people's right right other people's stories so yeah it's, so it's did been a you, long lifetime thing <laughs> so when you were a little girl writing these stories I, I saw that you were you wrote them a lot when you were waiting for your mother yeah um i did a lot of dance classes but when i wasn't dancing my mom worked for the post office and she was uh, a supervisor and so we'd have to wait till all of her carriers came back in and so if I got there after school and the carriers weren't back yet I had to go sit in um, uh, the ladies locker room and they had a typewriter and so I just kind of sit there and start typing on the typewriter so I probably owe the post office a, you know some typewriter ink and paper <laughs> <laughs> Well, they they just uh, contributed to helping get your career started. So good for there them. There you go. Good yeah. for them. Yes. <laughs> and uh, did you did you know? Uh, this is always a ridiculous question to ask anybody. <laughs> but when you were writing those stories, when you were just a little girl, did you have any idea that this is what you were going to want to do later on when you grew up? Well, I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't think it was a very practical thing, and. Growing up in an Asian American family, pr practical was like the whole point of, you know, growing up and getting a job and all of that. And uh -huh. um, actually, my sophomore year roommate in college ended up being a um, uh, a widely published author. And she knew back then that that's what she was going to do. And I was kind of thought, wow, that's like my dream job, but I don't think I could do that. And so it's kind of odd that I ended up doing just that. <laughs> <laughs> what what I find interesting about doing interviews like this and talking to people that have uh, gotten into whatever career they've gotten into that they're really good at, you hindsight, you look at them and go, well, you were always going to be that. And, I so. you know, it, it, I, I think when you sometimes when you look back, you go, well, gee, maybe I should have started sooner. Absolutely. Like, <sighs> It is a regret, I think. Oh, no, no. But... Not a, no I don't mean a, a regret type <laughs> thing. But I, I'm, I'm just saying, uh, you know, sometimes you look back and you go, okay, well, I probably could have seen this coming if I would have just paid a little bit more attention. You know, uh, but it, it's just funny how, how lives go and what you end up doing. Uh, once you get going, you, oftentimes you end up doing what you started with. Well, I think, you know, um, uh, my son, who's 25 now, um, 
I knew back when he was in middle school that I wanted him to have a broader view of the world than I did because when I went to college, all I knew was that I needed to graduate college because that was like a big thing for, uh, for my family. But I didn't really look at it as like opening up the door for the rest of my life. It was more of like an accomplishment that I had to make. And so I've always tried to encourage him to like look beyond what what everyone around him thinks is possible mm-hmm. and to try to, you know, go go for his dreams because I don't think I had that kind of courage when I was that age. And if I did, I probably would be in a completely different place than I am now. But I think I just wanted him to like, you know, not be stifled by what other people thought he should do. Sure. Because I think, you know, I I think that's the, that's the biggest uh, uh, regret for me is that I didn't let myself dream more. I was very narrow-minded in what I thought I could and should accomplish. And I think, you know, you were saving up though. (laughs) You've, you've, you've made a, You've made up for, uh, made up for that time. time. Absolutely. Uh, 50 some so. books. Yeah. I, I think you're doing just, just fine. Just fine. <laughs> so t- tell us about, okay. So you could have, so, so you're a writer. You're very good at what you do. Obviously. Why romance books? Um, I used to haunt, uh, Walden books and that's going to age me right there. Um, and I used to hang out and look at all their stuff. And, uh, I was one of those people that spent so much time there that the employees used to like direct customers to me instead of answering their questions. <laughs> um, but I did used to haunt the romance section. And when I was a young teen, I did buy a few books that I probably shouldn't have bought, uh, but, yeah. uh, you know, it, it was, it was always kind of, you know, interesting to read uh-huh uh-huh yeah <laughs> and yeah. um later on when i actually started to publish i started publishing in short stories in more steampunk and um that's when kindle world started with amazon you know which is where you could actually write in worlds like paid fan fiction which you know of course was was my bag mm-hmm. and um i was asked by an author to write in uh in his kindle worlds and it was about um suffragettes and um i think i was the only woman who was asked to write for it and there were a bunch of guys and the guys would always joke oh well if it's one of her stories there's going to be like relationships and emotions and i thought (laughs) but if it's a story about women you're gonna have relationships and emotions and you know it wasn't necessarily romantic relationships but just you know friendships and whatnot and so I right. thought, well, maybe this is not the right place for me to be. And that's when I started to look at other Kindle worlds and there were romance Kindle worlds. And I thought, well, I've read those most of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe I should try those because I do like to write about, you know, emotions and relationships. So <laughs> that's kind of what I started romance. Uh, we're, we're about to hear some of those emotions and relationships oh. here in this excerpt here in just a little bit. Uh, there's definitely some emotions in there. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed reading. It was very fun to read. Uh, so when you, when you wrote your first romance book and saw it and it was, it had taken shape from your mind to the real world. Tell us what that felt like. Um, it wasn't so much when the 
book was published that it really kind of hit me. It was when I kind of got my first few comments from readers because when I read, you know, all, all through my life, it was like these books were kind of my my escape and my getaway from my everyday life. And to have other people tell me that I had created a book that was that for them was really moving for me because I think after having read so many books, it was nice to be able to give back to people and to have them, you know, experience hope and dreams and all those wonderful things through my words was kind of exciting, you know? Uh, I think that's when it became real for me. So that was, that was probably like one of the most awesome moments of actually publishing my own stories. Yeah. To, to take something out of your mind and share it with the world and have them go, wow, I like yeah. that. That That's pretty <laughs> that amazing. Really nice. That's pretty <laughs> really amazing. Nice. Well, tell us about the book we're going to hear this excerpt from that I'm going to read. And just so y'all know, we live in the digital world. I've already recorded this. So, and, <laughs> and Raina has already heard this, correct? Yes. And I've blushed my way through it. So <laughs> blushed your way through it. Well, tell us about the book and the series that it's in and uh, we'll hear this. Okay. I am a big uh, first responder romance girl. I, um, I do watch a few television show with first responders, you know, they are delightful to watch. Um, and so when I started the center city first responders series, it wasn't, um, I didn't want to set it in a particular city because I felt like, you know, that I'd have to worry more about the city than the people. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought to myself, okay, well, I want to cover, firefighters and police and medical and 911 operators. And then I just started to pick care, um, uh, pick characters and start to see how their lives kind of uh, uh, intersect with each other. And so her rock was, well, I'm a visual girl, so I have to start with the cover. And so when I picked the cover model and he became rock for me, then I started to imagine, okay, who's who's the woman that's with him and how does their relationship work? And I think I surprised a couple of people because I started this book pretty much in the thick of it where they've already begun a physical relationship with other, you know, uh, with each other. But only one of them is particularly happy in having a purely physical relationship. And so the book starts with their first meeting and then the first chapter literally begins, well, in bed. <laughs> and that's where I come in. That's where you come in. We're going to hear a short, steamy excerpt from Reina Torres' book, Her Rock. Now tell us, set up this scene for us. Um, literally, I think the first part is their first meeting where... Uh, Rock is doing what he does, which is he sees um, something happening on the side of the road and he takes a look at it and he sees uh, a confrontation going and his first instinct is, how do I help? And then he realizes that the person he thinks needs help doesn't really need his help and that's kind of exciting for him. And uh, 
that's how they meet. Okay. Well, let's hear the short excerpt, and uh, we'll be right back after you listen to this steamy excerpt from Raina Torres' book, Her Rock. Prologue. The first time Martin saw Kate Turner, she was squaring off against a guy who was half a foot taller than she was with maybe 30 or 40 pounds more on his frame. Oh, he'd never tell her the weight part. He was a guy who'd lived long enough to know when to shut up. Mostly. Heading back to his apartment, he'd slowed behind a couple of cars rubbernecking at something on the other side of the road. A fender bender and a man who looked like he was a few choice words away from a physical throwdown. The woman he was towering over didn't look the least bit intimidated by his size or the red flush on his face. When he lunged at her, Martin had all but jumped out of his truck. She shoved the man back and, for a moment, the man in the middle of his burst of road rage managed to step back and out of the range of her hands. Martin pulled off to the side of the road and left his car at the curb. By the time he wound his way through the milling traffic, he saw the man put a meaty hand on her shoulder. He'd broken into a run, ready to separate the man's head from his neck, and he'd come up short. Before he could do anything to help, the woman had the enraged man on his knees, his arm bent up behind him. That's when Martin slowed his steps, coming into her line of sight. She held out her free hand to him, Stop! Holding his hands up in surrender, he came to a halt in the street. Who are you? Why are you here? I'm Martin Ferris from Firehouse 29. I came to help you, but I guess you don't need it. The smile that touched her lips was sweet, maybe even a little rueful. Yeah, I think I'm good. Reaching around behind her, she moved her coat out of the way and pulled a pair of handcuffs from her back pocket, and that quick flash of movement also showed the badge she had clipped to her waistband at her side. Just don't get run over standing there, Martin. I've got my hands full with this asshole. As he watched, she cuffed the man and phoned in a call to the station asking for transport. When that was done, she gave him a curious look. What are you waiting for? He'd smiled feeling a little like a hormonal teenager talking to the hottest girl in school. If I said I was waiting around to make sure he doesn't give you trouble, it wouldn't be a lie. But more than that, I'm waiting for an introduction. You know who I am, but I don't know. Kate Turner. Kate. The name was burned into his memory. The way she said it, the proud look in her eyes, and the stubborn lift of her chin. Sergeant. Kate Turner, CCPD. Damn, an officer with a pair of cuffs and body that can make him hard in a heartbeat? Fuck him. He was in love. Heaven help him. Chapter 1 Her alarm went off like clockwork, and since that was its job, she didn't pick it up and throw it across the room. Normally, She'd give it a good open-handed smack and roll out of bed and into the shower. Normally. But not this morning. No, this morning was different. She felt the mattress sink behind her, and before she could make a grab for the edge of the bed, he had a hold of her. Martin Ferris, resident Silver Fox of Firehouse 29. They called him Rock, and there was one major reason 
she agreed with him. He wrapped his arm around her body and dragged her back against his larger frame, and she felt it pressed up against her. Before she could muster up a snarky comment, he had his hand on her breast, his fingers working magic on her bare flesh. When he'd shown up the night before, just before midnight, she couldn't send him back home, not with that haunted look on his face. Another firefighter assigned to the same rescue crew had been injured while trying to free a woman from her wrecked car. From what she'd heard through the Center City grapevine, it had been a mess. The result of a chain reaction accident involving no less than seven cars. Snow and ice were always a danger, but Center City snow and ice in the winter were deadly. She'd seen her own share as a police officer, but she wasn't the one to climb into a wreck to save someone. Sure, she had some emergency medical training, but not enough to do what Rock and his crew did on a regular basis. And the look on his face when she'd opened her door spoke volumes. He'd been wrecked, turned inside out. How much time do you have before you have to get out of bed? She hummed as if considering the notion. Kate didn't want to tell him the truth, because if he knew they had almost an hour before she had to be awake and moving, she would really be late, because Rock could take an hour and then keep her in bed all day. It wasn't just his cock. He knew how to use his hands and his mouth. Just thinking about how he liked to feast on her had her dripping wet. Rock slipped his leg between hers and growled into her ear. It looks like you're awake all over. As if to prove his point, his palm skirted over her nipple, and she hissed out a curse as it tightened into a point. You feel so damn good, baby. Her teeth ground together. No baby talk. His teeth closed over her earlobe, making her wince at the sudden pressure. Whatever you say, Katie. Frustrated in so many ways, she arched back against him and heard him groan. She didn't even bother to hide her satisfied snort of laughter. Then his hands were on her, one roughly pulling at her breast, the other tunneling under her prone form, past her hip, so he could slip his fingers between her legs and stir her even more. She bucked against his hand as his fingers expertly massaged her clit. Damn, why did it have to be so good with him? She shoved that disturbing question into the back of her head and tried to hold back her building orgasm. She wanted more first. She wanted him first. Kate reached back a hand and grabbed at him. Finding his hip and then his thigh, she dug her fingers into the thick, corded muscle of his leg as he found a particularly good angle on her clit. Fuck. Is that what you want, Katie? You want me to fuck you? She managed a half-groan, half-moan as she rolled forward, bringing him with her. His hand left her breast, and instead of her instinctual need to grab his hand and pull it back, she gripped the edge of the bed and arched her back, pressing against him. Damn it, he groaned, deepening his voice straight into an intimate growl. You know I love your ass. She was hoping he wasn't going to get talkative. That's not what she needed. Then he was against her back, his hand hooking under her thigh to lift it 
and make enough space between her legs for his larger body. The way his cock pushed inside her always gave her a thrill, sending shivers up her spine. At first, it was just the blunt tip pushing in until her folds wrapped around him and pulled him inside. Rock pushed deeper, sinking into her body with a loud, aching groan. Damn it, Katie. I fucking love the way you feel around me. Oh, she loved it, too. Needed it like the air she breathes sometimes, the rest of the time. She pushed the thoughts away when he pulled back and nearly slipped free, ready to reach for him. Then he was there again, ending his long, bone-jarring thrust with a hitch of his hips. Yes. She'd almost added a please after the word. Yes, like that. Fuck yeah, Katie, just like that. He thrust in again, ending with a grunt, punctuating the stroke that buried him inside of her. Kate was losing her mind as he pumped into her body. Having his weight on top of her and his cock filling her from behind, she was tempted to call in sick and let him love her all day long. Tell me how close you are, Kate. Tell me what I need to do to get you off, because I'm getting close. So damn close. Over and over, he pounded into her, and she was almost sure that they'd end up on the floor if they continued on for much longer. Kate... She heard the way he ground out her name between his teeth and knew she wouldn't last longer than he did, not if he came inside of her. Do it, Rock, she gasped as his hips picked up speed. Take me with you. Anything, Katie. Anything for you. Oh, God. She felt him twitch inside of her, and a moment later her heat mingled with his release. It was that feeling that rush of energy moving from him and into her that tossed her into the storm. She came down slowly, heaving breath after breath from her lungs as she fought for control. The fight wore her out, and the warmth of his laughter reached her ears. Babe. I told you. She turned her chin toward her shoulder. No baby talk. Suddenly, the sound of her alarm cut through the relative silence of her apartment. Kate, I... Shit, I've got to get in the shower. He'd barely pulled out of her body when she swung her legs over the side of the bed and got to her feet. Kate. She grabbed the outfit that she'd set aside for work and turned to look at him from the doorway to her bathroom. He sat up, and she tried to ignore the fact that he was naked and still half-hard as he looked up at her. I wanted to know if you'd come with me to Ciro's tonight. We're doing a fundraiser to help with some of Seth's upcoming medical bills. She balked at the idea for a number of reasons, but it was his next few words that had her shifting uncomfortably away from him. Then maybe you can come back to my place for the night. I start my next 24 hour tomorrow morning, but we would have the whole night. We have an agreement. She heard the edge in her voice, and she saw the troubling crease between his brows, but she had to draw the line. This, she made a vague gesture between them, isn't a relationship. You know that. There was a bitter taste on her tongue, but then again, maybe it was just morning breath. Look, you're welcome to stay as long as you want. 
I have to get going into work. If you want, I'll check in with the officers who are doing the accident investigation and get you whatever information they have. With that, she turned and walked into the bathroom, partially closing the sliding antique door behind her. The shower was hot, steaming up the room in moments. When Kate stepped under the spray, she hissed out in pain, but it was no less than she deserved. She felt like an ass for what she'd said to Rock. She could have been easier on him. After the night before, when she'd let him in, worried about how he was faring, it had only been too easy to take him in her arms, because she knew exactly how perfectly they fit together. That didn't mean they were meant to be together. Her brother Rowan had broached the subject a few times. She didn't blame him, not really. He'd fallen hard and fast for Peeler. They clicked from day one. What they had was different. She had an understanding with Rock. They had crazy chemistry from the get-go, but that's all it was. The time they spent together wasn't about hearts and flowers. They scratched an itch for each other. They took the edge off, and they did it so damn well. That's why she had to draw the line. No one had ever known her body the way Rock did, the way he could arouse her, the way he knew exactly what she needed, hard, fast, slow, sensual. He knew it, and he did it for her just like she did it for him. It was hot and instinctual between them. Emotions? Well, they didn't factor in. It was better that way. Clean. Simple. Everything she needed without the emotional push and pull. Fuck, she didn't have time for that in her life. Keeping her officers in line and living took up every spare moment. Getting fucked by rock kept her sane. And really, no one wanted to see what she was like when she was tied up in knots. No one. She grabbed the scratchy bath towel that she'd picked up at a Chinatown street fair from the hook on the wall and scrubbed away all the troubling thoughts the rock had stirred up. When she got out, she wrapped her towel around her body and slid the hanging door open. Rock, I... The bed was empty, and given the silence of the apartment, she knew that he was already gone. Great. No, really. That's what she wanted. It was easier like this. Kate dropped her towel and reached for her camisole. She pulled it on and got dressed quickly. If she hurried up, she could get a breakfast burrito from Peggy Ann's diner on the way to work. She could even get extra cheese. With all of the exercise she'd had the night before, it wasn't going to hurt. Then why did it feel like she was already hurting? And there you go, a short, steamy excerpt from Raina Torres's book, Her Rock. Now, when I sent you that excerpt after we recorded it, what'd you think? Yes. Um, it's always weird to hear your words in, well, it's hard to hear your words because when I read it, you know, I hear it in my head, but I don't have an actual voice to go with it. It's just words. And then to actually hear someone read it is pretty wonderful <laughs> well i had a great time reading it it was a it, what's not to like it was a wonderful <laughs> it was a wonderful excerpt from the book and uh, i particularly like the pro prologue of it too you know because it sets it up and he is he's he's obviously a, a good guy he's gonna pull over and help this poor woman 
uh, on the side <laughs> of the road and he finds out, Oh Lord. And, uh, yeah, he, he's smitten. Uh, so, and, and then of course the rest of it is self-explanatory what's going on there. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was very fun to read. And so when you hear, like you say, when you hear your words, uh, recorded by not just me, by, by any narrator in the audiobook world, it's just, it is different, isn't it? Because it might not have been exactly what you pictured and it might've been, and it might've been something different, but it fits. Well, like when you write the words down, you hope that the reader hears the inflection or the tone. And, um, I actually used to write, um, television scripts for fun. I know I'm mm -hmm. kind of weird. I'm, I'm pretty much a nerd. And in, <laughs> and in television scripts, you can actually write, you know, the actual emotion that you want behind it. And you don't do that when you write a narrative story. And so to hear you get those tones in certain words was, was like really great, especially because, you know, humor is kind of subjective. <laughs> It is and very so, much, yeah. and so when I heard the humor of Rock actually, you know, recorded, it was like, "That's him! Yes, that's exactly what he sounds like." Oh, so wow. that was really neat. Well, I, I'm glad I'm glad it matched up uh, pretty well with what you had pictured, and uh, um, it, it was it was just a lot of fun to record it. And if you want to read uh, the rest of uh, Reina Torres's book, her Rock. Now, this was, um, tell us about the rest of the series, what order they come in. Uh, the first book is called Wild Hearts, and actually it's, it's uh, uh, the heroine from that book is a secondary character from a book that I wrote in uh, Susan Stoker's world. And um, she's a police officer from San Antonio who moves up to, to center city because well she's the youngest of a large family and everyone's always kind of watching her and breathing down her neck to make sure that you know she's okay and she's doing what they think she should be doing and so she wants to move somewhere to get you know her own life basically and so she moves to center city and she's working in, um uh for the police department there and she happens to meet a rather intriguing uh trauma surgeon at uh uh, at the emergency room because you know as a police officer she does get hurt on occasion and just seems to always be that same doctor that's there when she needs help uh -huh. and well. then uh the third book is the man for her and it's a firefighter and a 911 operator and i thought there was something really intriguing about you know the voice on the other end um on the other end of the line you know when things are going bad it's, right you know, it's listening to this person who just seems to care and right. is there in a pinch. And so putting those two together was so much fun for me. And then the last story that I have right now, which is book four, is uh, Silent Night. And it's about a firefighter and um, a police officer. But she's kind of, you know, she's always been the tomboy. You know, and uh -huh. her name is Josephine, but people call her Joe because she works in sort of a man's world. And uh -huh. um, 
the firefighter, you know, he's like everyone's go-to guy for fun and light humor. And so she's kind of the more straightforward, um, she's more the straightforward stoic kind of type. And he's more the, you know, humorous guy. And so the two of them kind of actually compliment each other, but, you know, there's a little bit of tension there. Gee, I wonder where uh-huh. the tension comes from. Hmm, I don't uh, know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I wouldn't know either. Uh, yeah. but, uh, well, I, I really enjoyed reading the excerpt. And if you want to, and you should, check out more of Raina Torres's work, uh, you can find her on the website that we're just starting up here, steamystoriesforwomen.com. Or you awesome. can find her at many different places on the Internet, of course, with your own website as well, com, and on Amazon. And uh, there's just so much. I wish we could take the time just to talk about all your work. Is there <laughs> is, is there any anything else you would like uh, everybody to know about you before we go? Well, um, yeah, I, I uh, I've gone through several iterations of trying to find uh, a logo, you know, to kind of represent me, and I finally settled on um, uh, a a queen bee. And I'm I'm not at all insinuating that I'm the queen of romance because that's not my thing but reina actually means queen so i thought you know the, you know the crown works but the b aspect was the fact that i'm sort of all over the romance genre i've written sweet romances and romances with heat and contemporary and historical and paranormal and normal i guess you could you know and so um, the idea of using the B was that because I'm kind of all over the place. So I'd like to think that if someone likes romance, they're bound to find something in my backlist that might be their thing. So I think you know, you're right. You at all, yeah. So, you know, if there's someone out there looking for a story to read, I, I probably have something for them. <laughs> It, it certainly looks like it to me from looking at the catalog of books catalog of books that you've written. The other thing here, and I say this quite often, and I know that uh, I know that uh, authors do as well. Steamy stories, which is the name of this podcast, of course. Uh, I read steamy stories for women, but uh, steamy is different for everybody, and steamy can be something that doesn't necessarily mean what you think it might mean. And uh, the, the, the good thing about the prologue that you wrote to the, to the steamy part of the story, to me, was just as steamy as the other part. I mean, because that's what got everything started, you know. Uh, you know, to, for him to be there to save the damsel in distress, and he finds out the damsel is not in distress at all, and uh, she has handcuffs, you know. Um <laughs> That's 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 pretty steamy right there. Yeah. So Well, I I think, you know, um the damsel in in distress trope is definitely a definitely a thing. Um sure. but I like to think of it more of like um uh a heroine in, in peril because right. she may right. be in danger, but she's not helpless. And so right. I I love to write stories where, yeah, of course, you know, there has to be that danger and that excitement. But I like to think that both people in the couple are doing what they can to, I guess, save each other almost, you know. Right. So right. I, I think that's part of the excitement right there is, you know, that, you know, he can try to save her and she can try to save him right back. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. 
So, well, I, I was, uh, I, I had a great time being rock. And I, th- I thank you for letting me do that. Uh, and I'm glad that I made you blush a little bit when you got the recording back uh, <laughs> because you're so used to writing all these scenes. It's good for you to blush once in a while, too. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Raina Torres, I'm Donovan Kane. Thanks for listening to this episode of Donovan Kane Reads Steamy Stories for Women. Be back next time with another great excerpt from another great romance author. Thank you for listening to this episode of Donovan Kane Reads Steamy Stories for Women. You can get a hold of me at Donovan at DonovanKane.com or you can visit the website at SteamyStoriesForWomen.com. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you can find out when there are more short steamy stories on the podcast and more of these great romance author spotlights.